Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge sanctioned by the U.S. government. 11.55. Almost midnight. Enough time for one more story before 12. You're gonna die up there. Hey, this is Hard News Confidential, and this is your host, Michael Joy. Welcome. And this broadcast is not just about breaking news, but we're also making news. Broadcasting from beyond Inner Sanctum and through the darkness, directly into your skull. If you dare, take this bizarre journey with us down a twisted lost highway as we rediscover the creature features of your childhood. And re-examine the new monsters of today. You're listening to us live on the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network in conjunction with hardnews.net. Tonight, joining me live is the one and the only Johnny McCobb. Hey, Johnny. How you doing, man? Hi, Mike. How's it going? Uh, doing pretty good. I- I'm glad to be talking to you. Glad to... Uh, to have you on board with hardnews.net. Um, so I guess let's just, um, you know, jump in. And if you could, you know, tell uh, our listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah. My name is, uh, I go by Johnny McCobb. I uh, do a little bit of everything, actually. I produce, I do acting, I dabble in special effects, a little bit of screenwriting, I write comic books. I do special. I do uh, paranormal investigating, and uh, I've been involved in uh, horror movie news blogging uh, for a while now. Okay, pretty cool. Uh, and uh, well, you know, um, I might as well just right off the bat jump into the re- the main reason why I asked you to join me tonight. Um, now, as everyone knows, I mean, you know, uh, hardness.net, you know, we have the website, and then we're pretty strong with social media. Um, you know, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Pinterest. Um, you know, we re- recently started a Tumblr account. Um, the one thing that's kind of been missing for the past couple years um, is we really haven't done a whole hell of a lot with our, our YouTube channel, and well, that's all about to change. And uh, well, I'll let you tell the rest. Yeah, sure. So yeah, I am uh, very, very happy to be on board. Um, I had uh, been doing a few articles for Michael uh, with the uh, with HorrorNews.net. And, uh, you know, I told him I had interest in doing video content, at which point he brought up that HorrorNews.net actually had a YouTube channel, but it had been uh, vacant for about six years now. Um, So, I mean, he uh, basically gave me the keys to the car, and, uh, you know, we're pleased to say that we are officially... We are officially relaunching the uh, the HorrorNews.net uh, YouTube channel, formerly HorrorNews.net uh, Trailers, now HorrorNews.net TV. You know, and and I love that name. Uh, so it's it's going to be fantastic. I mean, you already have some content up there, um, and if if what you have up there is is just uh, you know just a titch of, of what we're to expect, I mean, it's it's going to turn into a pretty good channel. Um, so I'm really excited about it. Oh, yeah, I'm stoked. I'm going to do a bit of everything. I'm going to do, uh, you know, I'm going to be doing some reviews, uh, some original content. Like today, what I did was I went around uh, uh, Instant Street View and I showed, uh, you know, the actual locations 
of places that have, uh, that appeared in our favorite horror movies or inspired our favorite horror movies, like the uh, like the uh, the actual house that was uh, used to uh, film uh, the fourteen twenty eight Elm Street uh, home in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, for example, or the home that inspired The Exorcist, uh, and oh, all wow. these types of things. I showed their their real life locations. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, without a doubt, I mean, that's the kind of thing that, like, you know, is really going to make the channel pop. So, you know, I appreciate that, and, I mean, I know our fans do as well, because, I mean, it's, it's all about, you know, kind of creative content and, um, you know, putting stuff out there that you normally wouldn't see, you know, and, and that's what I think we're, we're gaming uh, to do is put some original stuff out there, um, you know, whether it be reviews or just um, – Hey, you know, just strange, obscure tidbits. I mean, you know, whatever the case may be. But like you said, hey, the 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 keys are in your hand. So you know, we'll be um we'll be following up and and talking about it here on the podcast and posting some stuff on, up on the actual website. Um and uh, you know, it's all going to be interlinked. So it's going to be a pretty exciting. Um and it's it's perfect too that it's starting in. Uh, the month of October, you know, Halloween and everything. It's, you know, a horror fan's busiest time of year. Absolutely. Best, uh, my favorite month. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, you know what? I mean, if, um, you know, the thing is, man, it, it's actually a great time to be a horror fan. Um, we're coming off of, well, a lackluster summer, but, the month of September kind of turned things around, and that was uh, all due to uh, Stephen King's It. Um, I mean, record-breaking September. Um, I think it, it made close to um, – it, it's heading towards that $300 million mark. Um, you know, it's as far over as $500 million already. Oh, okay. I mean, like, it, it's, it's crazy. Okay, worldwide, $556 million. Um, so domestic, 291 million. I mean, it's pretty crazy, you know, that, um, at, but it's about time, you know, that like, you know, uh, horror gets some love at the theater. Uh, and I'm, I'm so stoked about that. Absolutely. And we've been stuck in this rut for the longest time, it seems. Ever since Paranormal Activity came out, uh, we've had basically just a never ending cycle of uh, ghosts, demons, exorcisms. Same thing, just trying to cash in on that success. For over a decade now is what we've been in this cycle, uh, with very right. few and far between uh, movies that have been breaking the mold. Yeah, I mean, you know, I um, went to see um, – I, I, I didn't go opening weekend, but I very recently uh, finally made myself um, go out to the theater and watch Stephen King's It. And, uh, you know, I, I got to tell you, you know, it was – um, you had a lot of hype, and I was I was wondering, is it going to live up to the hype? And I mean, I don't know what your personal opinion is, but I mean, I think it it definitely surpassed the um, the original. Uh, it's a well made movie, Absolutely. and uh, it, it it did live up to um, you know all the hype that everyone was uh, was given it. Yeah, I mean, um, you can't say anything bad about Tim Curry. He's probably one of the most versatile actors of our time. But Bill Skarsgård just killed it. Like, he just brought this physicality to it that just, you look at him and it's just something wrong about him. He's just so subtly not human. I mean, Tim Curry's, uh, it, Tim Curry's Pennywise, you could still, I mean, he, he was, it was a great role. I mean, he did good with the role, but I mean, you could still mistake him for just a person in a clown suit. Um, you can't make that mistake with Bill. Well, you know what? I'm watching it, right? And I'm, like, looking at his facial expressions. And there's there's a couple times where, like, you know, you just, like, kind of look into his eyes. And he, he just has that, like, far away stare. And, you know, it, it brought back to me from, um, you know, watching the original, you know, uh, the um, the term, you know, uh, you know, look into his deadlights. And I'm like, right. that, uh, but... But I think that was actually, I, I mean, unless I missed it, I think that was actually missing from this remake. Or, or am I wrong? No, or am they, I right? they, did, they did do a little uh, glimpse of it towards the end. 
where uh, I forget which one of them, one of the kids was looking into his eyes and they saw like a glimpse of it. Um, but I mean, speaking of his eyes, that's actually another thing that's great. I mean, it just goes to show like Bill's just physical talent is, you know, that, that wall-eyed look that he has. That's not CGI. They were actually going to do that CGI. They told Bill that, and Bill's like, no, you don't need to do that CGI. I can actually do that myself. So all that, all those scenes where he's, like, looking off in two different directions, Bill was actually doing that with his own eyes. Yeah, that's amazing, you know? I mean, like, <laughs> there was, there was the, the, um, the, basically the, the, the first time we see him in the, um, in the sewer, uh, and he's talking, and then mm. he just kind of stops, and he kind of just zones out. You remember that scene? And, like, you just, like... Yes, absolutely. He's, like, just, like, zones out, and, like, you're looking at his eyes, and he's, like, completely somewhere else, you know? And then he, like, he kind of snaps back into it to, you know, um, you know, get back into, like, luring, um, luring the kid back into the sewer. But yeah, it was just amazing, you know? I, I was really blown away by the, um, the expressions, his eyes and everything that he could do. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really impressive. I mean, I took, like, every element of what he did with it. I mean, even the way he spoke, to me it felt like it was almost, like, strained, like it was some sort of inhuman creature struggling to form words its mouth wasn't meant to. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, it, was, uh, it, was, it was very good. And, you know, not to take anything away from uh, the kids because um, I equally, um, you know, they – added so much to this film. I mean, you know, it, it wasn't just on the shoulders of, um, uh, you know, Pennywise the Clown. I mean, it was, it was, it was a collective. I mean, these kids were phenomenal. The casting was spot on. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I think it brings to mind for a lot of people, a lot of, you know, current horror fans, uh, for me, uh, and others, I think it reminds us of, um, uh, Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just that that uh, those the, those kids and that bond. I mean, it's, it's the same. It's. I mean, they even, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't one of the kids from Stranger Things? I think they used one of the actors. Uh, you know, I'm not sure, but I mean, you could be right about that. Uh, but I mean, the fact that like you know they they made it set in like 1988, 1989. Um, mm-hmm. I mean. It, it, Okay, you know, that's when I grew up, you know, that's that's when I was, you know, out there, you know, watching like, you know, uh, cutting my teeth on horror movies and, you know, uh, getting stuff at the local video store, renting VHS tapes and, you know, uh, seriously, I mean, that's, you know, that's... that's when I, I wasn't know, even born until 87. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a little older than you, but I mean, still, you know, it was, it was a good time. It was a good time, man. And it's cool that like, Nostalgia, especially in the horror universe, um, is alive mm-hmm. and well with you know oh, Stranger absolutely. Things, with Stranger Things, with it you know being set back you know um, you know during that time period. Um, so you know it's it's a good thing, man. Retro horror is very in right now, and I think uh, you know there's a good reason for it. It's because you know people are getting sick of a lot of the Hollywood stuff that's coming out right now, and they're kind of like pining for the good old days. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know what? I mean, I'm I'm right there with it, you know. I'm I'm more of a fan than than anything, you know. I uh, you know, long for the days of like, you know, great cheesy horror movies, you know. So, uh, you know, or any any horror movie to, for that matter. I mean, I I love the genre upside down and and inside out. Absolutely. So, I mean, I, you know, I watch I watch anything that you know comes through the door, um, but uh, it's good to see um, that a mass audience is accepting a movie like Stephen King's It and and skyrocketing it to you know the number one spot, and um, it's just pretty cool. And if I might add on a more personal note, with a little bit of a humble brag, I will say. It's been really good to us with uh, with Crepitus, um, as far as people wanting to see more uh, killer clowns right now. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, man. I mean, not just talking about the whole, um, you know, the whole retro scene, but, I mean, just the fact that, like, you know, clowns or, you know, that's that's the, the, the creature of the day for the past, like, uh, year or two. I mean, you know, last year, I mean, around this time, you know, we had all those clown sightings and, and all that stuff going on, making the news, Um American Horror Story Freak Show, you know, um, you know uh, that you know that introduced us, you know, uh, to a, a crazy, insane clown. Um, I mean, so I mean, yeah, clowns are basically alive and well, and, and more popular than ever. And um, so, you know, I think a lot of us kind of knew that, like, because of the whole clown thing, that. Um, the, the way this was being built, this this was going to be huge, but maybe we just didn't know how big it was actually going to get. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, speaking of clowns, but um, unless I'm mistaken, I, I believe that when Stephen King, the novel It, which Stephen King wrote, I believe, back in, what, the, the 80s, uh, that might very well have been the, the first instance of an actual killer clown in any sort of horror fiction. I can't um, think of one that to, that was before that. I, he could have he could have started it all. I mean, you could be right about that. Um, and uh, I mean, it, it's good to be king, and especially if your name's Stephen King. You know, I mean, it's <laughs> I've actually uh, one of the houses I showed in a video today was Stephen King's home. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I didn't check it out yet, uh, quite, uh, but I will. I did quite honestly. Um, I just, uh, you know, walked in the door just like you a few minutes, you know, I had time <laughs> just like this. I struggled to get, like, you know, this thing going. Um, oh, yeah. But, but uh, you know, right now uh, we are on the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network, and uh, we do have a few uh, sponsors we have to get to. So at this point, I'm just going to break it down to go to some commercials uh, and uh, if you want to hang around when we get back, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more uh, horror, okay? Sounds perfect. All right, man, thanks. I'm Black Man, saving man's eyes, one stereotype at a time. To the Black Mobile. To the corner of Martin Luther King Street and Malcolm X Boulevard, pronto. Will Black Man make it to the crime on time? Or will he be on CPT? Stay tuned at ChrisFraleyPresents.com. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detectives' quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from Holmes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza, $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message is brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember... $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? 
Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to TeddyScares.com. And be sure to become our friends at Facebook.com slash TeddyScares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our store is voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our wacky stores page on Facebook. A scientist named Frankenstein made a monster by sewing together parts of old dead bodies. You have to read that stuff. Wait a minute. Frankenstein gave the monster eternal life by shooting it full of electricity. Some people claim it is not dead even now. Uh-oh. Just dormant. <laughs> now, who'd be silly enough to believe that? <laughs> <laughs> Who would be silly enough to believe that? <laughs> Me. Uh. Hey, this is Michael Joy, and uh, joining me is uh, Johnny McCobb, and uh, you're listening to Horror News Confidential. We're on the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network and also HorrorNews.net, of course. Uh, so, Johnny, um, you were talking a little bit about uh, our new YouTube channel, uh, Horror News Net TV. It's, uh, you know, basically launching, uh, you've got a couple of videos up, and, and we're going to be doing a lot more with that. And uh, I'm talking about the extreme success of IT, um, biggest September in, in movie history, um, you know, it's uh, and biggest horror movie um, in, in movie history. So it's pretty big. Biggest horror um, but, movie, uh, Incredible, incredible. Um, but, uh, you know, movies... You know, for most of us, uh, definitely a form of escapism, um, escape from the real world. But, you know, sometimes the real world, you know, comes and and bites you in the ass. Um, And I wanted to touch base on the tragedy that happened in Las Vegas this past week, um, which, uh, you know, is senseless. But, you know, I wanted to posed the question and talked a little bit about uh, Hollywood and, you know, basically what's, what's going to happen, you know, and whether it's wrong or right, but, you know, as this thing is, is going on and we're watching it on ABC or CNN or Fox or, you know, whatever, you know, there, there are, you know, screenwriters sitting there typing page after page and, uh, you know, fighting each other to see who is going to be getting the uh, Las Vegas shooting movie of the week. You know, when when is something like that um, too soon? You know, in, in five years, it'll be somewhat acceptable. In 10 years, it'll be totally acceptable. I mean, what's your opinion on um, Hollywood and you know, real-life tragedies, forming them into movies. Um, I mean, you know, Marilyn Manson, um, yeah, Marilyn Manson, yeah, he just got uh, a, 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 basically a big prop crushing him this past week. But, um, yes, you know, yeah, yeah. So, it, I mean, him taking his name from, you know, uh, you know Charles Manson, who, you know, through, through media coverage um, is, you know become like almost a pop culture icon it's pretty crazy how the world is 
Um, you want to chime in on, on your thoughts on uh, any of this crazy shit? I mean, it all depends on how such a movie would be handled. I mean, if it's done um, as uh, surely as like a documentary or anything of, of that nature, I mean, you can pretty much put out something like that at any time and people are going to watch it as an educational piece. Then uh, again, if you go ahead and you cast what Charlie Sheen in it, like uh, like they're doing with that September 11th movie. Well, I mean, 16 years later, people are still saying it's bad taste. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's basically, you know, what I'm talking about is like, you know, okay, you know, um, you know, what, uh, you know, what was that guy, like 64 years old? It's like, okay, you know, who should we get to play this guy? You know, George Clooney or Mel Gibson or, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, hey, you know, I'm – I'm torn. I'm all about, you know, the the freedom for filmmakers to express themselves. And, you know, I love serial killer movies and slasher films. You know, I, I love the horror genre. But, you know, the question in my mind is, you know, when you're you're making a movie and it's it's a reality based movie about uh like a you know, a real person, um and you know you're you're portraying their life um yeah I, I just i'm just curious and i'm not i'm not you know placing any judgment on what's acceptable or what's not but you know i'm just like kind of questioning you know i want i wonder what time frame is for something like that you know you just mentioned you know 16 years later or what have you about september 11th and uh, it, it's still on bad taste i mean you know I don't know. It, it's it's. I guess it's a fine line that you have to cross, you know, as a filmmaker. Oh, I mean, I'm not saying that it's bad taste to do anything, any movie on September 11th. It's just that that one, I forget what they're calling it, but the one movie that they've been uh, doing the, the trailers for recently, the dramatization of it starring Charlie Sheen and a few other big names. Uh, I think, I want to say even like Whoopi Goldberg is in there or something. It, it's that one right. getting a lot of bad yeah, that one is getting a lot of uh, critical response due to just the, the, the I guess, irreverent uh, quality of the stars. Um, now, I mean, I, th- I think, honestly, the only true way to judge it is if a filmmaker wants to do it, just, you know, stand their guns and, you know, actually put it out there and then let the let the – audience response be the 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 judgment of morality yeah no i mean no i mean i i agree i mean i i agree on that um you know i just uh wanted to put that out there and get uh get your opinion um just because it's something that uh you know i've been thinking about and um it's been you know you know weighing on me and you know just kind of curious about like you know when tragedy falls, you know, it's kind of, kind of a crazy thing because, you know, you know, everyone likes to blame someone, you know, oh, and yes, it's absolutely. like, you know, and that's, they're, that's they're, they're, something like this yeah, happens and they need, they don't understand and they need to try to understand. They need to try to come up with a reason as to why it happened. There's, there's, yeah, I mean, so there's always finger pointing, you know, I mean, you know, the big thing, you know, I mean, heavy metal music, you know, pointing fingers at, um, you know, it, it was really big to point fingers at Ozzy Osbourne back in the day, you know, in the 90s, it was, um, after Columbine, it was very popular to point your finger at Marilyn Manson, you know, um, Video games. and then it's like, right, I mean, like, you point your finger at anything, you know. I mean, to me, um, the probably the the biggest um, the biggest culprit. Um, it, not so much, you know. It's it's not rock and roll. It's not horror movies. I mean, that's ridiculous. Um, it's you know the so-called you know media, you know which you know continues to shove it down your throat and they're the ones that really overhype things, you know, when it's, you know, takes over the news um, and they just feed the monster. 
I think you actually may have hit the nail right on the head there because, I mean, this is definitely a cultural thing. I mean, it's, it's something about our society uh, that causes this type of behavior, similar to how the Japan has, that, uh, has the suicide epidemic. Uh, something about their culture causes that type of behavior. Now, what most like, what very may very well be the case, what may very well be the cause in our society, sensationalism, that uh, almost uh, idolatry uh, in the media of anyone who commits these types of horrendous acts. Right. I, I mean, like I said, um, you know, it's, you know, it, it boggles my mind. This is like, this is before my time, but like, you know, you sit around and, and you know, there's, there's so many movies made about Charles Manson, you know, and then, you know, you see people wearing Charles Manson t-shirts and you see, you know, Charles Manson on album covers and it's like Charles Manson. Uh, and any of these other any of these other high profile killers, they get hundreds yeah. and hundreds of uh, items of fan mail. They have yeah. legitimate like Ted Bundy got married while he was in prison from from one of his <laughs> admirers. It's it's nuts, it, you know. Really, and like these guys that like you know survive, you know. I mean, if they don't like, you know, blow a hole through their skull after they're done, you know, committing, you know, whatever atrocities that they do, you know, I mean, you know, whether, well, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, whether they're dead or alive, you know, I mean, you know, the, the media, like I said, feeds the monster. And, and the next thing you know, you know, I mean, it, it's, it becomes so big that, you know, I think people do you know, get so much interest in it that, you know, it's like, okay, you know, it's become so popular because of the media, you know, we can make some bucks off of this. So let's, you know, let's make a movie, you know, let's, okay, you know, let's make a lifetime movie about it or, you know, okay, you know, we can get some, some quality actors. We can actually get a theatrical release out of this, you know? So, I mean, you know, and Hey, you know, I'm not saying, you know, it's you know, it's good or bad, or it's there you will know. always be those who will exploit tragedy for their own yeah. uh, their own gain. I mean, that's basically what the news media does. Uh, that's why that's why you see, I, uh, you know, I notice these trends. Like whenever you see like some something happen uh, that gets a lot of attention, like uh, when they had uh, a couple a few months back. Um, they had uh, that one gentleman who got kicked off of the airplane and was assaulted by the by the uh, air for, by the uh, the airplane security. Um, now that for a few weeks after that, nonstop articles on people having uh, getting kicked off of planes, this type of thing. And it's not that these things hadn't been happening before; it was just popular to talk about it because it had. Yeah. Uh, it, they were exploiting the uh, the one story, right? Yeah, I mean, if, if one story gets some attention, then um, yeah, definitely similar stories are, are going to pop up. Um, yeah, no, no doubt about that. So yeah, I mean, you know, hey, we're we're not we're not solving any puzzles here, but uh, you know, certainly it doesn't hurt to uh, to talk about some of this crap and, and bring it to light. And you know, I don't know, just try to you know, work through it and, and figure shit out. Yeah. I mean, that's all we can do. I mean, this one is, I mean, most of the profilers have come out right out and said that this one, you know, breaks the mold. Uh, they, they can't figure out what, what, what happened. I mean, it's a rich 64 year old dude, no prior criminal history, no history of mental illness. The dude has a pilot's license. Uh, had a pilot's license, uh, which you need to go through rigorous uh, mental health uh, tests in order to procure. Uh, it's just a real yeah. mystery as to, you know, what happened here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the guy was no dummy. I mean, he I think he was a, a certified CPA, um, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, he, was a, he was a retired accountant. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, the guy was – was educated he was well off you know so you know he didn't yeah it's 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 a mystery um 
And obviously they'll dive into it some more to see if they can figure it out. But, you know, at this point, you know, who the hell knows? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, right, well definitely one of a kind. No doubt about it. Um, well, I mean, you know, I took I took a, a side turn into the dramatic area, but uh, that's something I wanted to uh, touch base on. Um, but I mean, hey, you know, as far as like you know horror movies go, um, you know, let's throw it back um, to uh, to Johnny Macabre, and uh, I'm just curious. What um, what initially got you interested in horror? Uh, what age were you? Uh, do you remember your first horror movie? Um, oh, what yes. kind of memories can you uh, what can what can you share with us? Well, the first significant uh, movie, really. Um, you see, I was I was very sheltered as a child, like uh, no. Rated M movies, no rated uh, no rated M video games, no rated R movies uh, for the longest time. Um, like I was, we had just moved to Maine, uh, and I was 16. I was a sophomore in high school, and uh, that Halloween, my dad finally let me watch um, Halloween, and um, it was you know it instantly clicked, and I, I became a, just a huge fan, and you know I've become pretty much a connoisseur of it. I actually ended up going to uh, college and studying theater with the intent on, uh, on acting, uh, wanting to focus on acting in horror films or uh, maybe some comedies as well. Um, but I've since focused my, uh, my sight on pretty much exclusively horror. Um, and then despite my, uh, despite my training, uh, in acting, I've really not gotten the chance to get in front of too many cameras. I've actually done most of my work um, behind the camera, and uh, like I said, uh, producing is my my primary uh, area of expertise at the moment. Okay, you know it's 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 amazing, you know that um, you know that one movie, um, John Carpenter's Halloween, is absolutely really the the top of the list for so many people that have, you know, broke into the industry or, or you know, you know, wh- whether it be writing or producing or, or directing or acting or, you know, or if you're just a fan, um, it, it's like, you know, and I mean, Hey, there are people that say other things, you know, but I'm telling you, man, it's just crazy that John Carpenter's Halloween is, you know, if not, if it's not the top one, it's it's more than likely in the top five. You know, and it's I get a landmark you, film. Um, uh, I'm the same. Um, you know, back in the early '80s, uh, I think I probably seen Halloween for the first time. Um, and uh, you know, I was young, uh, and you know, I, I was. Uh, mostly watching those universal studio movies on Sunday afternoons, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman, you know, but then, you know, then late at night, you know, we started, we got cable and, uh, you know, I remember, you know, starting to watch like, you know, this movie or that movie. And, you know, one of the first ones that stands out was John Carpenter's Halloween. Um mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, it's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, um, segue into this real quick because, I mean, it's it's definitely topical. Um, the fact that, you know, John Carpenter is involved um, in this new uh, Halloween, uh, and so is Jamie Lee Curtis. So many, many years later, um, you know, it's gone full circle for a lot of us. Um, now, whether or not, you know, it's going to be good or bad or, you know, whatever, um, I mean, you know, I'm an avid Michael Myers follower, so, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to watch it and probably still going to at least like it, you know, whether I love it, that remains to be seen. We'll we'll see what kind of, um, you know, what, what it produces. Yeah, Michael Myers is my favorite myself. Um, now, I do have some 
he's regarding it, just because I keep thinking of that opening scene of um, Halloween H2O, where the the two police officers are inside uh, the one uh, the one secretary's home or nurse or whatever, the, with the where Michael Myers is broken in to access those files to find his sister, and the two police yeah. officers are in there, and the the one is commenting on, you know, how ridiculous it would be to think that it might be Michael Myers because guy must be what uh in a walker by now and the one cop uh comments oh he'd be younger than me honestly because it was only you know 20 years later you know he was 20 what 20, 21 in the first halloween movie so he would have been like yeah. 41 in that now the thing is though now that comment actually rings a little bit true i mean michael myers if i mean I, even if they're saying that Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Laurie Strode, is younger than Jamie Lee Curtis actually is in real life, even if they're going to de-age her a little bit, say five, even ten years. Right. That's still going to put Michael Myers into his 60s, uh, at the very <laughs> least. Um, so it's, it's, it, it, it is a little bit odd. I mean, I'm definitely going to – I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt because, I mean, John Carpenter is on board. Um I don't see him, you know, being involved in this and it being anything other than at least decent. But, you know, right. there are some things I'm going to be very interested to see how they work out. You know, it's funny that you say about the whole age thing about uh, Michael Myers, you know, because, you know, depending on what direction they go, you know, um, if you would have went with, Michael Myers being the boogeyman per se, being not a hundred percent human, um, then it doesn't really matter as far as it, his age goes. But they've come out, I mean, basically flat out said that you know they're they're going to um, you know make. I, I believe they said they're going to make him more human um, than you know boogeyman, and if if that's right. true, then what you said is is definitely going to come into play. I mean, in, in our minds at least, the fact that you know here's a sixty, you know, something year old like you know we we have a a senior citizen serial killer on our hands. Basically, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll be honest. Boogeyman Michael is my favorite Michael. My favorite storyline is the four through six, as long as six is the producer's cut. Um, but, you know, I love the the whole Mark of Thorn concept. I I feel like that that storyline one, two, four through six has like the best continuity. Um, that, you know, it feels like one solid story. The way that each movie flows yep. into the next. Um, but, but I mean, great. yeah, I mean they they have they tried to make Michael you know more human in H two O and in Resurrection. I feel. I mean, that he was definitely had still had some sort of supernatural. Uh, element to him just with his ability to survive a lot of damage but they removed the whole concept of th of thorn uh and then with rob zombie rob zombie just took it all the way and just made him as mundane as absolutely possible uh you know completely completely human did what he did because mommy was a stripper and daddy uh was abusive um right I, I'm, I'm not a fan of the rob zombie films if you can't tell <laughs> so, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with it. I mean, I don't honestly see how they, they can't make him completely human because they're, they're going to be acknowledging the one and two. He had his eyes shot out at the end of two. So if he's going to be what? functioning at all, they're going to have to at least bring in some sort of regeneration that can explain why he's able to see now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, they, they already set it up. I mean, they set it up in the first movie about, you know, him being the boogeyman. So, I mean, you, you can't really backtrack too much from that after all the, you know, all, all the damage that he uh, <laughs> he took. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it's definitely raised a lot of questions. Um, and like you, I, I like the um, the continuous story of uh you know one and two and then uh especially four and five um you know oh i mean you know i mean obviously one is the be all end all but um but you right. know when they came back to to four 
you know, um, it definitely, it was a pleasant surprise. Um, it was way better than I thought it would, you know, would possibly be. And then five was a great course, follow-up. Donald Pleasance being in, uh, in four through six as well. I mean, he just, yeah. I feel like Donald Pleasance really makes the series. He is um, just, uh, he plays that role just so perfectly. And the dynamic between yeah, I, him and uh, him and Michael in some of the scenes is just fantastic. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, more than uh, just because you know she wasn't in them all, you know, more than Jamie Lee Curtis, it was uh, really a story about Michael Myers versus um, you know Dr. Loomis. Um, Absolutely. You know, it, so I mean, when we when we lost um, Pleasant, I mean, definitely you lost, you know. Uh, a, a big portion of, of what Halloween was all about. Um, you know, unlike you, um, you know, I, I did, um, you know, respect the uh, Rob Zombie films for what they were. Um, I, I thought they were enjoyable, but I completely understand that they weren't for everyone. Um, it was just, uh, you know, a different vision on the, you know, Michael Myers Halloween story, you know, um, you know, I mean, the, um, you know, H2O, um, I liked, um, I don't know if, you know, it, you know, was kind of, I don't know. I mean, it was the return of Jamie Lee Curtis and I, th- there were parts where it kind of fell flat for me. Um, so I'm hoping that the return of Jamie Lee Curtis once again. Go ahead. The biggest problem with H2O, I think, I mean, the concept was great um, for what it was, for even, you know, putting aside that it abandoned the four through six continuity, the concept was great. It was, uh, it was a great idea, uh, really um, interesting idea. The problem is, is the style it went for being that it was in the 90s, it went for more of that teen slasher vibe, um, which right. you know works great for Scream and then almost nothing else, uh, right. <laughs> in my opinion. No, no, I, I, I hear you. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, I, I think that uh, with Carpenter involved now uh, and – you know, Jamie Lee Curtis coming on board this time around. Um, I, I think we're going to see the return of Jamie Lee that we wanted to see in H2O, but we didn't. That's my, I think that's what my opinion is, at least right now. <laughs> see, what's interesting is, I'm not sure if, you, if you're actually into horror comics at all, Um they actually did have a comic book series they tried to do. It was called Halloween, The First Death of Laurie Strode. Um, it was going to be a four-issue miniseries, and the entire purpose of this miniseries was to try to bridge the continuity between 4, 5, and 6 over into H2O. Um, right. the, unfortunately, uh, they canceled it after the first issue. Uh, so you know, the plot never went anywhere. It never gave any clues as to what, how they intended to resolve the, the issues. Um, it was just the briefest of introduction to an idea. Uh, but uh, that, that was originally their intent with H2O. Um, they had actually scripted an idea, a, a scene uh, where um, Jamie Lee Curtis is in class, uh, you know, teaching one of the classes. And one of the students in class actually does a report on the Halloween murders uh, and mentions uh, Jamie Lloyd um, and on how she died. So the events of four through six are actually mentioned in this report. And uh, after the the student gives the report, Jamie Lee Curtis's character was uh, to basically uh, run out of the room and end up throwing up in the bathroom. Okay. That's interesting. No, I mean, I I don't really follow comics too much, and I I didn't know about that one. I mean, I may have heard about it, but I didn't pursue it. Um, but uh, it's definitely interesting. Uh, it's too bad it didn't get further than the first issue. But um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, hey, it's it's 
it's Halloween and uh, we got a whole year to wait and, and, you know, throw different, and I'm sure they'll release a little bit more as far as tidbits go here and there. Oh, but, I'm sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely uh, everyone is, uh, uh, you know, waiting uh, and depending how they push it, um, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. What's um, what's your, and this is so hard to predict, but what's your opinion on how well it does at the box office? Um, does it, uh, I mean, I don't think it's going to um, do it numbers, but I think we're probably going to see maybe the best box office numbers from a Halloween franchise. I agree, actually, com- completely. Um, the Rob Zombie movies actually did uh, did the higher, uh, did better box office numbers than any other installments in the in the franchise to that date. Um, people are wanting to see more of these characters. Uh, they they will definitely uh, they will definitely go and and pay for it. I could definitely see. I'll, I'm gonna make a guess. Uh, a guess right now. I'm gonna say I definitely, definitely will not do it numbers. I'm gonna say uh, 250 million. Uh, I, I think that's that's fair. I think uh, you know, and it depends again what they do and how they promote it within the next 12 months, um, because you know it's all about marketing and how they present it. But um, if they right. do their job. If they do their job well, then there's no reason that it wouldn't be able to reach those numbers. Absolutely. All right. Hey, Johnny, you know, um, running running out of time, I just wanted to thank you so much for joining me uh, tonight and uh, give you an open invitation. You know, uh, if you want to come on board any Tuesday night at all and talk horror movies um, or, you know, whatever, regarding the heart industry you're more than welcome absolutely well thank you very much for the invitation and um thank you for having me on tonight absolutely and uh everyone check out our youtube page um it's definitely going to be kicking some major ass in the uh, weeks and months to come now that johnny macabre is uh uh Basically, he's got the the keys to the dungeon, and he's going to be posting some pretty macabre stuff. So it's uh, Horror News Net TV. Um, Check it out. Thank you much, Michael. Have a good night. Thanks, John.